0: The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, I'm Dustin Leistra, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast.
1: Hi, my name is Tana Forkow. I'm a young coaster enthusiast, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast.
0: Hi, I'm Mark. I'm Natty And we are M&N Amusements. And you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. I accept the Coaster Challenge. I accept the coaster challenge. I accept the coaster challenge. I
1: accept the coaster challenge.
2: I accept the coaster challenge.
1: I accept the
3: coaster challenge.
1: I accept the coaster challenge. I accept the coaster
2: challenge.
3: Do you accept the coaster challenge?
1: What is the coaster challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's
0: time to take the Coaster Challenge. Here are your hosts, David Cantu and Jenna Gazelle. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Hey, Dave, how's it going? It's going good, going good. Happy December 17th.
1: Happy December 17th. I am officially on winter
0: break yay nice very nice two wonderful weeks two wonderful weeks nice i'm pretty sure you really need that peace and quiet oh yeah well do i don't know make...
1: about peace and quiet with our house but yeah. definitely any... nice break from the traffic
0: any plans for this holiday season
1: well we just went to vegas as a family to celebrate my mother-in-law's birthday for last month we took her to cirque de
0: very nice. We got a very special episode today. You know, normally here at Coaster Challenge Podcast, you know, a lot of our conversations has a lot to do with roller coasters, theme parks, people facing their fears. The one thing that um, does hit all of our hearts here is that, you know, on top of roller coasters and theme parks is a true love for a lot of us, but the one thing is we have a lot of love for animals as well. Andrew's got a very special guest. who's actually a very special friend of mine, and her and her son have been great friends of mine here in California. Uh, her son is a young coaster enthusiast also is a coaster kid a supporter big coaster challenge fan but we got tracy listra who is also the founder of the saving huey foundation and their mission is to help rescue animals all different types of animals and trying to help them recover get better get get them the best treatment for those that are injured and get them proper better homes forever
1: homes yeah
0: forever homes and andrew's got a pretty touching story with her today right now just for those that don't know, what is the Saving Huey Foundation? Well, here's a little uh, story about the Saving Huey Foundation.
1: This is Huey's story. Huey was found on December 25th, 2014 in the worst conditions imaginable. Wandering Moreno Valley in Riverside, California, he was found and brought to safety. But he's not alone because of years of bull baiting pit bulls have the reputation of being one of the most dangerous and feared breeds thus making them the dog of choice for dogmen CNN news reports that an estimated 40,000 people in the United States are involved in professional dog fighting an illegal blood sport with fight purses as high as $100,000 this is the case for all breeds not just pit bulls Since his rescue, Huey has found love and and a place to call home. He was greeted with open arms and an open heart. Huey's case has gained the attention of the masses. Dogfighting victims are gaining more attention each and every day. Fight with us so they don't have to.
3: Thank you, David and Jenna. This is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast with you. Today, we have a very, very special guest. Now, on the Coaster Challenge podcast, we frequently focus on the power of positivity, fighting such things as fear, depression, anxiety, and other negative aspects of human psychology that we all, unfortunately, have to deal with in life. Now, unfortunately, that negativity is present throughout society and can rear itself in various ways. One of the worst ways in which that negativity rears its head is through the abuse and neglect of pets and animals. In the United States, over 1 million pets are abused or killed in domestic violence events every year. Several hundred thousands of pets are euthanized in shelters every year. As a society, we need to strive to do much better than this. One such organization that is trying to better the situation for all of these suffering pets and animals is the Saving Huey Foundation. The Coaster Challenge podcast is honored to welcome the founder of the Saving Huey Foundation, Tracy Lystra. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
3: Absolutely. We're proud to have you, thrilled to have you. So to start off with, Tracy, why don't you tell tell us about yourself and tell us about uh, this foundation that you've started?
2: Okay, well, my name is Tracy Lystra. Um, We live in um, a small city by the name of Owanga in Southern California. It's in Riverside County. Out here we have a place known as Huey's Second Chance Ranch, where we welcome animals who have been abused, come here uh, being rescued, and here they really rehabilitate, and then we find them homes.
3: That's awesome. That's incredible. Now, how long has Huey been in existence?
2: Uh, since 2014.
3: Since the, Okay, so it's been about seven years now. Wow, yeah. excellent, excellent. That's awesome. Do you have an approximation or approximate number of how many pets and animals you've saved in the seven years?
2: Well, I would probably say... Probably close to 800, be my best guesstimate based on the the lives that we save each year.
3: Wow! So again, seven years—that's more than 100 animals per year. And just remind everyone: there's only about 365 days in a year, so <laughs> you're resti- rescuing an animal every couple of days, basically.
2: Exactly, and there's some days where there's numerous animals. You know, it's just it's just constant.
3: Wow! So now these animals. Are they pets? Are they wild animals? Or, you know, wh- what are we talking about?
2: Uh, the majority of the animals that we work with right now, at least, are coming out of Mexico, Tijuana, to be precise. And most of them are coming to us as street animals. For the most part, we, we deal highly with dogs. So most of the cases we have come from come in as, as street dogs. You know, maybe at one time they were owned and then abandoned or they've never had an actual owner.
3: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fortunately that is a, a known issue akin to what I said here at the beginning when I introduced you is, you know, neglected pets and, and, and whatnot. It's it's a big problem. I know, especially a problem in Mexico, unfortunately, yes. with poverty and so forth down there and, and whatnot. So you know, we'll certainly talk more about that. Now, now first of all, let, let's kind of we like to go in, in, in our time machine with our guests. Uh, Normally we're talking about coasters and theme parks, but today, again, we're talking about something much more uh, important and something I'm very, very strongly passionate about myself and how David is as well. So in the time machine today with you, what I'd like to do is tell me about beyond the Saving Huey Foundation, you you know, the rest of your life, tell me about your relationships with animals and pets through your life and how that took you to the point of starting Saving Huey.
2: I grew up in a family that rescued. It wasn't unusual to have any kind of animal. I was born in 74, and so animal regulations weren't what they are today. We had a raccoon growing up. We had baby sharks we had uh, you know you name it things that today I would be you know so dead set against but we just we had them pet shops would sell them to people who weren't aware of you know how to care for them and, and they were looking to relinquish them somewhere and so they would come to us and so I learned a lot of animal care and I would say compassion growing up and honestly I thought every family was like that I thought that was just somewhat the norm you know so it, I kind of carried that that love and that It's actually more than a love, I guess I would say. I feel it's a responsibility. If you see anything that's in any kind of need or neglect, human, -human, non-human, we were born to reach out to help. If we have the capacity to help, we need to.
3: Love that compassion. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I just carried that with me and I did a lot of independent rescue for years where feral cats, you know, would have their babies and then abandon them or, you know, strays would come or would be born, would would have babies on, you know, wherever. And I'd go pick them up, bottle feed, whatever. You know, we just did what we could at the time. And this is when my two older children were, were very young. So even though I was limited, you know, I, I was still able to do something. Um, and I remember I worked for great people at the time and they would let me bring in, you know, the litters that I was working on at the time and bottle feed them while I was working. And it was something that I had hoped I would pass on to my kids as well, that they can see that and, and also step up, you know, and just how I got heavily involved with the rescue of pit bulls, unfortunate situation that, that they're in and that they're placed in. So I, I did years of working with just primarily pit bulls and it wasn't until Huey actually came to me who was a pit bull that I actually decided to kind of branch off and not deal with just pit bulls, but all abused animals. Oh, that's
3: amazing. That's incredible. So yeah, you, so really you've been doing this sort of thing, you know, with the, the, just showing your heart and your compassion for, you know, God's creatures. Your whole life, it sounds like.
2: Um, Yeah, pretty much. I I think that's fair enough to say. You know, but again, to me, it's not really. I I get easily confused when I talk to people who seem, you know, kind of surprised at what I do because, again, maybe it was the way I was raised, but I've always been taught that if you have the ability to help, you should. So
3: absolutely, that's a great. That's a great way to live your life. whether it be with with animals with people just in general i'm a big believer in that i love helping people myself helping others not you know again people and otherwise but yeah it's just that's just the way to be and to me it's kind of like you it's like why wouldn't you want to be nice to people and help people and be look right, out for your friends right. and, and be kind to animals and so forth and you know i gotta say it's uh it you know at the beginning of what you were just saying there when you answered this question you mentioned the first animal you mentioned was a raccoon i actually it's not something i talk about a lot but i actually i have a pet raccoon she's she's oh her name's Miko Gosh. after um. Pocahontas and uh, she lives here in my house yeah I've got a I live in Florida I've got a permit for her so all very legal class three permit she has her her own room in the house and yeah she's uh she just turned two years old this past April oh
2: my gosh that is amazing (laughs) well I grew up with ours I mean she was just a a little you know baby when my parents brought her in and so we got to see her grow and taught me a lot it really did
3: oh yeah they're interesting animals very very smart animals very stubborn yeah got got I got Miko when she was four weeks old. So I bought oh it for a good month to two months. Yeah. She's, she's oh, quite a character. Yeah, oh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've, I've, other pets too. I've got three cats, two dogs. And yeah, I get, I love animals. It's part of why we're talking here today. Okay. So talk to me about more about the mission of saving Huey and how you got it started, you know, with, with Huey being that first
2: well, um, like I had mentioned, you know, I was heavily involved with the Pitbull Rescue and had done a lot of research as to not so much why the media had had chosen them as, as, dangerous dog of the decade, but, you know, kind of why, uh, what kind of people were, were owning these dogs and I tried to go a little bit further than, than what society kind of presents, you know, say in the evening news. Um, and, I, and I, you know, found out I had known about dog fighting, um, all sorts of animal fighting, but really having studied it and gone into it, there was so much more that I learned and so many just heinous, awful awful facts and lives that these poor dogs lived and it just it killed me and it just gave me that much more I don't know if strength is the correct word desire maybe to make a difference and to to do something to help and while helping also educating because I believe that you know if we're not teaching while we're acting then our acting is somewhat in vain absolutely So yeah, I I started working, you know, I I took Hubie on, he was a dog who had a lot of interest in his in the area that I was in at the time, a lot of people had never heard of dog fighting or had actually thought that it was a myth. I couldn't believe how many people reached out and said, I didn't know it was true. And then how many actual cases there are not just around us, but in actually even very high nice places, you know, that you wouldn't expect uh, such atrocities to be taking place. Wow. So, so yeah, we started a page. It all started with a Facebook page because so many people had been interested in Huey's success or success in healing that I got tired of answering every single message that was coming in. And so I started a page for him just called saving Huey and uh, did updates every day. But then I decided I would also start adding some, some research, some stuff that I was learning about dog fighting, about, um, you know, different forms of animal abuse, um, not just against the pit bull breed or, or pit bulls in general, but against all bully breeds. And so, yeah, it, it kind of became a page of not just an update on Huey, but also an informative page. And then we just kind of kept going from there and working with Huey after, you know, uh, he wasn't supposed to make it. He, it was a very bleak situation, unfortunately. And and he did, he he pulled through during those, you know, couple years that I had him, it really, really pushed me towards wanting to work for the underdog wanting to work for the cases that maybe a, a lot of other rescues might pass by due to uh, financial you know restrictions or you know or just that they didn't find that the animal was adoptable I really decided I wanted to focus on those guys so we created the that's awesome foundation.
3: that's awesome yeah I love underdog literally and figuratively yes <laughs> in this, in this yeah, case exactly and- yeah and yeah, looking out for these please these innocent animals that can't actually speak for themselves, you know, talking to people and and you know just Looking out for them when no one else can or no one else is really. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, then there's a number of things that I'm passionate about in life. You know, there's positive things. There's coasters and theme parks, for example. I love cars and technology. There's sort of my hobbies. Some of my hobbies, but I'm also very passionate about movements and missions, morals that I have and viewpoints that I have. And one of them is with regard to animals. And again, that's why I wanted to talk to you. You know, we had inter- we already had interviewed Dusty on the podcast, and I've not met Dusty yet, but did. De- but of course, David knows him, and he. He's He's met you as well and, and just you know dave and i were talking and i came up with the idea of, of talking to you about animals but there's A couple of the, one of the main passionate things that I I have with animals is just, I believe that we need to give animals the best life we can. And then there's both direct and indirect ways to do that. Obviously with our pets, those that we have directly in our lives, you know, we literally directly can give them good lives or not give them good lives. And that's where I think we need to really be good to our pets. And I, you know, I take my dogs and whenever I can on my trips with me and they love going in the car with me and I'm doing a scenic drive to get up there from Florida to Tennessee and going to take Um, them with me. So, yeah, I've done I've done things like that before and taking my, my dogs with me and whatnot, but uh, not the raccoon is not so easily um, <laughs> transportable easily and hotels and, and things like that. But at least the dogs can go. But um, why do you think people do things like that or, or you know, or there's domestic abuse against animals or neglect? You know, what what do you think is going on there and how do you think that can change?
2: I believe that uh, a mental illness has to play a large role in um, at least some of the cases that, that we deal with because you know i can't wrap my mind around the fact that a human mind would be capable a, a healthy human mind would be capable of inflicting such tears on on any on any you know other form of life so you know i, I think mental illness has uh, has a role I think poverty has a huge role. I think the pandemic, I think, was awful. I saw a huge, huge rise in animal abuse over the past year. So much so that I've actually, but halfway through the year, I've already exceeded the number of cases I helped in the complete 2020 year. So it's just people are frustrated, people are angry, people, they need something, I guess they feel they need something to take their their misery out on animals are defenseless for the most part. And so they lash out here, at least in the States, you know, if you abuse a child, or you abuse your wife, there's ramifications we can take, you know, we can call the authorities, if you abuse a dog and kick it outside or whatever, you know, the chances that anyone's going to speak up for that dog in that particular situation are are pretty darn slim. It, it's kind of the the easy go to if you have that that horrific mean uh, abusive streak in you.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. Unfortunately, that makes a lot of sense, and I, I don't condone it. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. It's, You know, like I said, mental illness, stress in people's lives. They, you know, a bad day at work, or you know what's been going on with the pandemic and loss of income, and mm-hmm. you know loss of loss of family, and all the stress and all the pain. All this negativity that's been going on in life in general, it can happen. But you know, certainly during the pandemic, it's been it's been definitely magnified for a lot of people, unfortunately. And on this podcast, you know, we normally are talking about coasters and theme parks and how they can have so much positivity for people and how people deal with stress and depression and anxiety and other even physical ailments. If people, whether it be during the pandemic or outside the pandemic, they are suffering and have stress. And I have sadness of a loss of a of a relative or a friend because of COVID, for example, or any other any other issue or illness or whatnot. Then, well, theme parks and coasters for some, especially people listening to this podcast that are fans of them, going to those parks, riding those coasters, and getting out and doing that can help their mental mental
0: uh, health.
3: And hopefully they will be kinder to animals as a result. Or certain people listening to this show hopefully will be enlightened to be kinder to animals and think about things maybe a little bit differently. But it doesn't have to be coasted theme parks. Whatever, you know, whomever you are, whatever your hobbies, your passions are in life, the things that Get you awake and waking up every day, and I see your job. That may be part of it, but your your activities, what you what you like to live your life and spend your free time doing, do those things. It's so important for your own mental health, but also it affects how you treat other people and how you treat animals. And so again, we focus on coasters and theme parks because that's what our and that's what we kind of all have in common. David, Jenna, myself, Iva and then our listeners, but if you think about it, again, this is for all our listeners, making your, bettering your mental health is not just for you, it's for everyone you encounter. And that's people and animals and your coworkers, your friends, your loved ones, your pets, you know, even see an animal out and about that needs help. It all adds up. So let's, um, let's talk about something kind of, you know, the positivity that comes from Saving Huey. Tell me about maybe some of your favorite rescue stories from saving Huey over the past seven years?
2: Well, of course, Huey would be my number one, as always, just, <laughs> just um, the inspiration that he gave me. I think he always will be, will be my number one guy. But yeah, I mean, I've had so many, so many different from Shelter Saves. A lot of the work I do in the States here, I do out of the the shelters. Um, I mean, it, it's I, it's hard for me to say that there's favorites and there's not. I mean, just being able to pick them up um, from whatever you know situation they're in to pick them up and just to be able to look at them and to know that their life is never going to be the same. I suppose that's my favorite story, and that's that's the case of just about you know every case that we can take in, and then I have the honor of being able to watch them um, blossom as they learn to trust and, and they heal and they kind of open themselves back up or in some cases they've never even known love. And so as they kind of fall in love with the idea of being loved. All of those, those are my favorite stories, and and you know, that's that's a good probably 99% of my cases. You know, when people ask me, How do you do this? How do you keep doing it? and and that's how had it hadn't been for that particular day, you know, is that animal may still be on the street, and that's so that's some kind of um positivity that I can take with me into working with the next case.
3: Yeah, you're making uh making a difference one soul at a time for sure. So, tell me, how can our listeners? I mean, this is probably gonna be obvious, but. You know, perhaps you have other various ways. How can our listeners help with the mission of Saving Huey?
2: You know, a lot of people reach out to me and, and they ask the same question, you know, people will say, I'm not in a position to donate. And as much as donations we are always very much appreciated because we are a nonprofit, equally important, at least in my, in my book is just to share the mission, follow the pages, maybe share some of the posts, the page is not always family friendly, unfortunately, not by, by my choice, but by society's choice. Um, and I yeah. always, always do try to put warnings up on particular cases but more of a mature person. And, or maybe if you've spoken to your, you know, your, your young children about animal abuse, then then it's safe enough. But, you know, I just ask that people share, share the mission, let people know that this stuff does go on, not just in the world in general. You know, a lot of people think that these horrific abuse cases take place in third world countries um, on the other side of the planet. And, And that's not always true. It's just, you know, it happens it happens in your own backyard sometimes you know i mean i've taken the animals out of horrible situations that are in very nice housing areas you just you never know and so just sharing share share and share i would be you know so incredibly grateful
3: what final advice would you like to share maybe something you haven't mentioned in in terms of trying to better the world for these animals, these, these defenseless
2: animals? My, my message is it's very simple. It always has been It's just be, be nice, just show kindness. No person, no being is superior over another. Nothing was put on this earth for us to use and abuse. The only species that attacks and hurts each other, it, it causes great harm to each other, And yet on the same thought, we're considered the superior species and and that's just not so. So I would ask every single person to stop, think about the world and think about how you can make a positive change.
3: Absolutely. That's a great message. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. And lastly, Tracy, definitely you've mentioned saving Huey, but if you could please share for our listeners, and this will be in our show notes as well. So they can, they can find out about what you're doing and maybe hopefully be inspired by it and learn from it. You know, if you want to share your website, your, any, any social media channels, if you have YouTube or anything, how people can follow what you're doing with Saving.
2: Yeah. um, We do have a website at savinghuey.org. You can find a lot of our um, success stories on there as well as our uh, adoptables. And then we're also on Facebook and Instagram on Twitter, MeWe, all under Saving
3: Huey Foundation. Awesome, excellent. Check out Saving Huey, and that's Huey is spelled H-U-E-Y, just like you normally would spell it. Thank you so much, Tracy, for taking the time. I know you have a lot of time you spend with your animals. We heard several of them in the background during the interview. (laughs) So I appreciate you taking some time to to share your mission, which is very much in line with the mission of of Coaster Challenge. Thank you for taking the time. It was was a pleasure. Awesome, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Tracy. Your story is very touching, especially for me, because I used to have a pit bull. Her name was Mina. I had to put her down back in 2019. I miss her every day. And she was a rescue dog. I had originally gotten her, Uh, my ex-husband actually got her from a friend of ours and she wasn't treated very well she was you know kind of locked in the house for like up to 18 hours by herself so hearing about this foundation is very touching okay
0: i will say everything that tracy and everybody who's involved in the saving huey foundation has done a remarkable job and i feel that the world needs to know what they do and this foundation deserves even more attention. And I feel that uh, by having them on the podcast today and to all those that are listening, and if you're listening right now, all the way to the end of this outro, I highly recommend you to go and follow the Saving Huey Foundation. They're on every social media platform. Send a donation in if you can for the, if you're looking for a gift this holiday season or looking to do a, a special donation, the Saving Huey Foundation is a perfect, perfect place where you can make a donation The animals could really use your help, so we highly recommend you guys go out there and make that donation. We definitely want to support and show our love and support for them and for Tracy and for everything that they have done. But yes, please send out that donation for this Christmas season. It was a really, really touching episode and you know, Jenna, I know how it feels. I'm a dog lover myself. I, in my lifetime I've had six dogs and I've had to put them all down because a lot of them were terminally ill, a lot of them with cancer and it's just, it's really hard. It's hard it to is. lose a pet because a pet is part of a family and it's really sad that there's a lot of people in this world they don't treat pets like they're part of the family believe me it's like everybody here in the podcast we all have pets and we all treat them as children and it's just really sad that there's people out there that do the opposite so well
1: for us we we end up having to put down i had to put down both of my other two dogs just this year and then mike and his family had to put down two themselves because of age or the one case the dog was just too aggressive to have in the house so yeah it's it's really hard
0: all right well we've had a this was a very touching episode and i'm really glad that we got to spread some awareness about the saving huey foundation got a very special episode coming out next week christmas is getting closer and closer guys make sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast network any questions please feel free to visit our website at coasterchallengeusa.com. and in the meantime this is david Cantu, jenna gazelle and we'll see you all next week right here on to challenge.